Welcome to Mokina's Front Porch, a Mokina history podcast with Matt Gaelic and hosted by me, Israel Smith. So Matt, this episode we're talking about the Sheik Dairy. That is correct. And this is a property and a business that was around for quite a while. Oh yeah, very but long time. many of us probably know it as the their home as the cover of your book. That is true, yeah. The what, the book. what made you decide to pick that that picture and that house was enough to grace the cover? That's a really good question. It's actually kind of kind of a funny one too. So as I was going through the pictures for the cover of the book, you know, they have the publisher Arcadia had certain requirements, like has to be sort of a um, like a rectangular kind of image, one that's not necessarily too long, but. Um, just something that would fit easily on the cover of a book. And I had it narrowed down to a picture of uh, the Sheik Farm, the one that I ultimately went with. And a, the other option was the uh, Hirsch Saloon, which is now, uh, as we all know, Little L's on Front Street. And it's, it was a really cool picture. The picture still made it into the book, but it's a really great picture from about 1905 or so. Um, with a gentleman that I, I believe is actually Mr. Hirsch in a horse-drawn buggy in front of the building. And it would have fit awesomely on the cover. But then I thought, wait a second. I don't want Mokina being associated with a saloon. So, yeah. <laughs> although there were so many of them in the history of our town. I mean, in the 1870s, a uh, town of a population of a few hundred, there were seven or eight saloons. Figures it might have been the proper picture. Yeah, <laughs> it might yeah. have been for the time. No, that, uh, that well, that's interesting because so the house that the sheiks lived in, um, where did that sit? That farmhouse, um, which is just pure Americana when I look at it, the family out front, uh, Lester Sheik with his dog, um, images of America. That's the series that I thought that sums it up perfectly. But to actually answer your question, the Sheik farmhouse sat on Wolf Road, exactly on the site where uh, Grease Lightning sits nowadays, the uh, automotive place. Uh, like if you know where the Pepper Mill restaurant is on Wolf Road, uh, the, the house was immediately south of there where Grease Lightning is. And in fact, uh, the... The Sheik family's big dairy barn, where they did their milking and all that kind of stuff, that that sat where the restaurant is nowadays. And not to give away too much of the story too soon, but how uh-huh. long um, was that property on Wolf Road? For many, many years. Uh, I actually, once upon a time, dug out the original deed for that property at the Will County Recorder's office. And if I'm not mistaken... Wish I could have dug it out beforehand. It's it's around somewhere. But if I remember correctly, Philip Sheik, who was the family patriarch, bought that farm. It must have been in the 1860s, maybe a little after the end of the Civil War. And that farmhouse he built around 1870 or so. And the uh, family owned and ran their business out of that property and lived at that property. Um, they were still there into the into the 1980s, so over a hundred years. Wow. Uh, yeah, Mr. Sheik um, 
Lester Sheik, who was the aforementioned Phillips' grandson, passed away in that house in 1984. Uh, so it was, yeah, they were the only family that uh, ever owned uh, at least that farmhouse. Uh, and... Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those rare uh, properties in Mokina that was associated entirely with one family through multiple generations. And are the sheiks around at all now? You know, there are there are family members around uh, who bear the last name Sheik. Some don't, some do. The last one that I knew of was a lady by the name of Donna Sheik who is the Lester Sheik, who I mentioned, that would, would have been his daughter-in-law. But to be honest, I'm not sure if she's still in town anymore or uh, where what her whereabouts are nowadays. Um, so hopefully maybe somebody listening can can tell us. She's on Facebook. Um, she pops up in my uh, uh, recommended friends from time to time. And she, she and her... Um, her husband lived in Mokina and their family lived in Mokina for a very long time. But but if she's still in town, I'm not sure. But uh but yeah, well, look are. for us on Facebook and hopefully yeah. she will pop up I and hope be so. able to answer some of these questions after we post this episode. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Well good. This uh you know, anytime you have a one family property for that long, uh especially in a time when Mokina was growing and changing in, in a dramatic way between you know, obviously the late eight, mid late mid eighteen hundreds up to the nineteen eighties. Oh yeah, um, it's that's really significant. So oh, yeah. let's let's hear the story of Sheik Dairy. As time marches on, everyday items that we take for granted slowly disappear and fade out of our lives. Phone booths, for example, which dotted the American landscape in years past, have all but disappeared while typewriters have also been consigned to the dustbin of history. Milk delivery isn't nearly as widespread as it once was, but in years past, the Sheik Dairy Company not only saw to this, but was also a true part of Mokina. Their roots were set down in our community, and to this day, the service they provided is fondly remembered by countless town residents. The Sheiks came from good Mokina stock. Their forebears settled in the yet-unnamed Frankfurt Township in 1848 and counted themselves as one of our neighborhood's first German-born residents. Not long after the Civil War, Philip Sheik carved out space for a 27-acre farm along a country lane that we now call Wolf Road. And around 1870, he erected a sturdy farmhouse that, for more than 100 years, would be identified with his descendants. Philip's son, Henry Sheik, was himself a farmer, and as best could be remembered, started casually selling milk to area residents from a horse-drawn wagon around 1902. Refrigeration not being what it is now, he delivered every morning in big tin cans and would come back the next day to fetch the empties. In 1906, his seven-year-old son, Lester, started working at his side, helping in the sleepy hours before school started in town. In his later years, Lester would recall running like the devil before he was due for class almost a mile away on the corner of Front Street and the now aptly named Schoolhouse Road. 
Father and son Sheik never missed a day hauling milk, even during the snowbound winters when the few unpaved roads were unusable, sometimes requiring them to cut over fields with their horse team. As their business expanded, they began to buy milk from some neighbors to augment their own supply, and eventually an outbuilding on the Wolf Road farm was built to be used as a dairy house. Milk was brought here from the large barn that stood where today's Pepper Mill restaurant is, when it was then put into a big cooling vessel. From there, it went to another contraption that could fill four-quart or pint bottles at a time while also sealing them. In 1928, the business was passed completely to Lester Sheik when his father Henry retired from the milk route. In the 1930s, Lester did a little modernizing by replacing the old wagon with a truck, with which he literally lightened the load of deliveries to town. In its heyday, Sheik counted around 300 to 400 local customers a week. Lester was not without competition, however, as Marty Dairy operated across Wolf Road to the northwest from 1927 to 1945. Having stood appropriately at the current site of the creamery, this concern was run by another Mokina farming family of long establishment, but was never able to match the Sheik's client base. By 1953, the Sheiks ran three different routes and supplied 95% of the village with not only milk, but also butter, cottage cheese, and orangeade. As it was since its birth, Sheik Dairy was a family enterprise. Lester's wife, Julia, helped where she could, and their son, Willis, came in too at 20 in 1950. Daughters Joyce and Jean had a hand in making deliveries, who were well known in Mokina as being expert equestrians. The company was the kind of small-town business that had the same families as customers for years. There came a point where patrons could walk into one of the farm's small outbuildings on their own, take what they needed, and simply leave a note saying what they had taken along with some money. When the dairy finally made its last delivery in 1976, it owned two trucks and looked over a herd of 20 cows. Gas stations selling milk dotted the landscape, and the sheik's trade was no longer profitable. Lester Sheik, the amiable patriarch of his family and business, passed away peacefully on October 6, 1984, in his landmark farmhouse on Wolf Road as he watched a ball game. By the time the 20th century was out, the old place was erased from the landscape and gave way to Grease Lightning at today's 19149 Wolf Road. Lester's grandson, Ralph Wiley, recently reminisced about his grandfather and the honored place he has in Mokina's history. I've never been around a harder-working man in my life, Wiley remembered. They don't make them like Lester anymore. Another great story. Um, Thank you. Historic property. Matt's blog has a lot of great photos of all of all of the podcasts we do um, that are based on his blog. Uh, there's great photos on there. So we put a link in the description. Make sure you check that out. Um, also, you can find it by uh, Googling Matt's old Mokina. Matt, if there's a direct address you want to give, yeah, again, you can do that. Sure, yeah. If anyone is interested in checking out the blog, uh, which if you like the stories, I think you'll like the blog too because there are, uh, as Israel said, there are um, 
pictures and things like that uh, that we can't transmit over the over the podcast. Uh, the the direct URL of the blog is oldmokina.blogspot.com. And yeah. there you'll, uh, so be sure to check that out. There's a lot of great information. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So on on the story, my biggest question was, what is Orangeade? <laughs> from and I've never had Orangeade, first of all, but from what I've understood, because I've heard references to it in in other things. From what I understood, and once again, maybe if I'm not correct on this, uh, maybe one of our listeners can correct us, but I believe Orange Aid is a type of orange flavored pop, I think. Like a tang, you think? Yeah, like something like that. That's what my impression has always been. But honestly, I've never had it. I've never known it to be in stores. So maybe it's an older, an older thing. Well, that's why it seems like. You know, we have, uh, so the stories is they were supplying 95% of the village's milk, butter, cottage cheese, and orangeade. And orange, which is kind of a, uh, not exactly a dairy product. So it's right. interesting that they, they had that, but. Um, yeah, they and other right. than the Marty dairy, were there any other kind of small farm dairies like this at the time? Not in Mokina. Uh, there were, uh, Sheik and Marty were the only ones in Mokina. Uh, of course, in earlier years from 1907 to 1926, the Bowman Dairy of Chicago operated a bottling plant in Mokina, also on Wolf Road, uh, just immediately south of the Rock Island tracks. Uh, but that was a little bit different because they weren't selling the milk to Mokina residents. They weren't providing it to Mokina. It was the farmers who were sort of, it was the other way around. The farmers were selling their product to Bowman, who was bottling it here and then shipping it over the railroad to city markets. And was Sheik largely selling their own or how were they getting their milk? That's a good question. So as the business started out in the early, early 1900s and went on throughout the decades, uh, all the way up until World War II, they were selling their own milk, their own dairy products that came from their own uh, herd, their own herd of dairy cows. Although at some point, the year, the exact year is escaping me right now, but it was after the war, after World War II. Uh, if I remember correctly, they uh, began buying the product from a Joliet Dairy. I want to say it was Meadow Gold. Once again, as I always say, if I'm wrong, one of our listeners will know and they'll chime in. But they, after World War II, they began buying the product from this Joliet Dairy. And then that is what they sold here in Mokina. Um, probably the, my guess is simply just that their, their customer base had grown so much. They, they weren't able to, uh, provide as much milk with what they had here in Mokina. Yeah. So, you said they were at three to 400 local weekly customers at the peak of their business. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty significant that it is. Yeah. It was almost everybody in town. Wow. Uh, well, 95%. Yeah. 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 A, uh, a, a kind of a funny story. I won't mention any names, but, uh, I know of, uh, Mokina residents who started out as customers of Marty's, and then switched to Sheik's because apparently Marty didn't pasteurize their milk. So uh, that that turned some people off and then they went over to Sheik's. So, or at least at some point, maybe they started later. But 
uh, at some point, Marty wasn't, uh, is that a big scandal? No. <laughs> you don't want to share. Not <laughs> that I, not that I know of, not that I know of. Uh, I just know that some people didn't really care for that yeah. and, uh, switched over. But so you mentioned you had a, a kind of a personal connection. Oh yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, Lester Sheik built the house that I grew up in here in Mokina on Midland, Midland Avenue. Uh, how that came to be is that uh, Lester Sheik's brother-in-law, a guy by the name of Byron Nelson, was a carpenter. And the two gentlemen in the early 1930s pitched in together and bought the uh, Mokina schoolhouse after it was uh, vacated once the school on Carpenter Street was built, uh, incidentally, where Lester Sheik went to school at on Front Street and Schoolhouse. They bought the old school and sort of, I guess I could say, disassembled it. To say tear it down doesn't really paint totally the most accurate picture, but they kind of took it apart and used all the lumber and the materials from the foundation uh, stuff like that, and uh, used it to build a few houses in town. Uh, one of which is the the one that was uh, was my home. So wow, yeah, I uh, yeah, it's it's cool to to be at home and think, yeah, Lester Sheik stood right here wow. where I am. Him being such a storied figure in the history. Of How many camp. other houses uh, do you know that they built? Let's see. I I can think of definitely three that have been pointed out to me over the years by uh, residents of a certain age. Uh, so aside from my home, which is on Midland, there is the the house a couple doors south of us. That was another one of uh, Lester Sheik and Byron Nelson's uh, houses they built with the schoolhouse materials. And there was another house on, or is another house on Wolf Road. I believe it's vacant right now. It's how would I describe where this house is? So it's on Wolf Road on the east side of the road, a maybe about three doors south of where Revere Road runs into Wolf Road. It is a two story, not quite Cape Cod, but a two story kind of older house uh, that was also alleged to have been uh one of Lester Sheik and Byron Nelson's constructions. And so when was the school built? Do you remember what year the mm -hmm. school was built? That schoolhouse was built in 1872. Wow. So the materials and in your home and these homes is from 1872. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell uh, in, in your house, like where yeah, any, any of the old wood or I did. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, uh, growing up, we had a few of the rooms that were hardwood floor, and you can definitely tell that the um, the planks, which were very long and very narrow, you could definitely tell they were reused because some of them had scorch marks on them. Wow. Uh, that were, you, you could tell, you know, it had been from some incident that had happened uh, previously because they weren't, um, all of the burn marks were sort of not all, how would I say, contiguous to one another. Uh, you can tell that the planks had been uh, taken apart and reused. Uh, and you could also tell in the basement, there are uh, some pretty huge beams, wooden beams, uh, 
supports, you know, the holding of the house and in the ceiling and stuff like that. You can tell that those had been used somewhere else because there are notches in them and holes where um, huge spikes or nails had been, huh. stuff like that. Also, the foundations of the house are uh, uh, the it's stone, uh, sort of like limestone slabs or stones uh which definitely was not what was in use in the 1930s when our house was built um for foundations they were already using concrete blocks by that time uh so yeah you can oh, it's pretty easy great. to tell to, to tell what came from elsewhere yeah. Yeah. yeah and at the end you mentioned uh ralph wiley who is lester's grandson yeah is he still in the area or Good you question. talk to him uh when the article was written yeah, I talked to him when, when I wrote the article. Uh, he and I, uh, interact every once in a while. Um, where does he live nowadays? It's not in Mokina. It's not around here. Um, we're Facebook friends. Oh, this is going to be embarrassing if this is wrong and he hears this. I want to say he lives in California. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he grew up in Mokina. He's a Mokina guy, you know. And have you talked to him a lot about his grandfather? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just sharing my admiration for him, uh, and, and him the same to me. So any, uh, any stories that stick out, like any short stories that, that he might've shared that, that you want to cap off this episode with, um, you know, actually, now that I think about it, none that Ralph himself shared with me, but this comes straight from Lester. Luckily, before he passed away, a few years before he passed away, a Mokina college student who I believe was going to JJC interviewed him for a history project. And uh, she was kind enough to transcribe their conversations and uh, have them. Where did I come across this? I believe they were archived in JJC's. So that's Joliet Junior College. Uh, I believe it was archived in their library. And at some point, years and years ago, I came into uh, possession of this transcription. And there's just a lot of great stuff in there about what uh, Lester's life growing up uh, in the early 1900s. And what it was like running the dairy business. But one thing that sticks out when I think about that is in the piece, I mentioned how when winter came, that would really hamper things. Because, of course, there were no um, snow plows, at least not attached to trucks like they are today. Uh, Lester said that when he was growing up during winter, it was not uncommon for 191st Street to basically be closed for months due to uh, snowfall. Months. Uh, months. Oh, yeah. So, like, the whole season. Um, and, uh, and of course, in his time, when he was just a kid, 191st Street was basically just a farm lane. Mm -hmm. uh, nowhere near close to what it is now. But, yeah, that's something I, I kind of think about and contrast to today, how it's like that would just be totally unimaginable to us now. Oh, absolutely. But for him, it was a, a way of, or, or, or a part of life when he was growing up. And they up. made do. They, they, they worked around it. They yeah. did what they had to do to, to make it work. Absolutely, they did. And it, I think that tells a lot to the spirit of that, that time. And, and people like, like the sheiks that, that sure. stuck it out and did the hard things to uh, get us to where we are today in Mokina. That is absolutely true. Well, thanks absolutely. for another great article, uh, Matt. Thank Appreciate you, Israel. It. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Matt and I would like to thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying our podcast, we would love it if you would leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have an idea for a show or a question we can try to answer, you can just send us an email at mokinasfrontporch at gmail.com. You can also send us a message through Facebook or Instagram by searching for Mokina's Front Porch. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Mokina's Front Porch.